welcome back, team, to another episode of Beautiful Dust Specs, a podcast designed to teach you that the ordinary is truly extraordinary. I'm your host, Alex Hofeld. You bring the curiosity, I'll bring the science. Let's do this. On this week's episode, we are going to dive into the science of Santa Claus. I, for a while, have always enjoyed Santa. My whole life, I was raised with Santa. I believed in Santa. Santa's my jam, y'all, and Santa's everybody's jam this time of year. This is going to be recorded the day after Christmas because the holidays got a little crazy, but I want you guys to understand, think, feel, enjoy this concept that Santa is actually a superhero. When you look at the science behind this man, the man, the myth, the legend, he's just really a jolly old man. He delivers presents throughout the globe to all the children of the world, a world composed of 2 billion children. However, his workload gets cut down a little bit to about 387 million because sadly only Santa has to worry about the 378 million Christian children if he sticks to his script. But Santa has been known to be a maverick. Who knows what Santa really do because that's what we're going to learn about in this episode. We're going to learn that there's a lot that we don't quite know about Santa and Santa is way cooler than we thought Santa was when you take it with a little twinge of physics, science, and a little bit of thinking. You know what I'm saying? But I know for a fact Santa's this little crazy man who delivers presents to everyone who lives, and he is job. His his main his main objective really is not about the presents. His main objective is to share happiness, to share love, to share that joy that we get in the holidays as we give and receive presents. We all know it's a little bit better to receive than to give, but we're working on it, right? Because we're humans in process. We're in, in a process of living to be a better human. So I've always loved these. I've loved Santa, and I've always loved stories. You know, stories, legends, tales, epics, sagas, fables, whatever you want to call them. Each of them have the ability to give the next generation, to pass on the imagination from the previous generation into the now. And that is information. It's ideas. It's feelings. We as a society are connected by these tales. We let these tales be passed on from one person to the next. And as it's passed on, it gets a little added personality, a little personal flavor, a little extra oomph from the person to them and that makes it grow adapt and think just like anything else stories themselves evolve over time just like biology just like physics science and the universe so my flavor always comes with a start little sousson a little smattering you say of science and when we look at it through science santa becomes epic santa becomes this incredibly cooler dude than just this jolly old saint nick that used to just travel from place to place and go down chimneys i was like yeah that's great like i always thought santa was cooler there I always thought Santa was cool, but I recently have learned in this year that Santa is a baller. Because when you look at the science of what he has to do and accomplish and be able to, you know, be really quickly you're just like whoa like this man is where it's at and i don't envy him he must have had a rough night right now he's probably sleeping it off right now probably napping up a storm maybe he's partying i really don't know what would santa do like what is santa like you think after like 31 hours of delivering presents to all these kids you think he's just like oh and just like goes and plays titanfall or destiny or something or do you think it's like it's over and him and all the elves are like going crazy i don't know yeah, we'll go. Maybe just reads. Maybe just chills. Maybe listens to beautiful dust specs and leaves a rate and review on iTunes because he's nice. And that's really all I want for Christmas is I want a rate and review. I actually want a little bit more, but I'll talk to you about that later. So let's get talking about Santa here. This weird, wild, crazy, wonderful, powerful, cool story that if you look no further than science becomes amazing really quickly here. So the first thing we got to look at with Santa 
is what he has to accomplish. So on December 25th, every single year, this has been done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years now. He's been busy for an incredibly long period of time. Factoring in also this idea that human populations have an exponential growth curve. So as human populations grow year after year after year, more and more children who also live longer and longer and longer has to, Santa has to adapt exponentially. He's got to step his game up at an ever increasing rate to keep up with this job because Santa can't take a day off. You know, that'd be a tragedy. If Santa did not deliver presents on December 25th, we'd all be devastated. Even, you know, the spirit of Santa, the, everything about Santa. We love Santa. My God, when you were a kid and you come downstairs and like you're at the bottom of the stairs, you're waiting, your dad's like, we're going to set up the stupid camera because my dad always set up the stupid camera and all of a sudden there's just presents galore underneath. Like that looking back was a little greedy but you know you just you just had this this universal stoke this kind of feeling of warmth i'm 33 and i still enjoy being you know at my at my house at my place where i grew up in antioch with my family on christmas day there's something about it you know there's something there's something that's just as wonderful about the holiday seasons you know christmas and christmas in general so his job first off he can get upwards of 31 hours we always think it's 24 but if he goes east to west and travels around and assumes that all these time zones and he's traveling like a straight line he can get roughly around 31 hours to pull all this off but you know as we're going to talk about here maybe time does not work how time works for you and i here you know the 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 physics of this time dilation relativity some of these things science santa's got to have a pretty intense background of physics not to mention an incredible r&d research and development team and just i don't know everything about this guy i mean part of me wants him to like share this tech with the world but it's okay because we'd probably just use it for war and it's better to use this technology to give gifts to everybody so remember there's two billion kids he has to visit but only 300 87 million of them are actually are actually Christians, so this is a Christian holiday most likely, but I'm sure many more of them. This is just general general guesses that I'm making here. Our census data shows that there's roughly 3.5 kids per household. I grew up with two, and I thought that was a lot. So that's 91.8 million homes that he has to visit and actually do what he has to do. You know, park, get there, park the sleigh, go down the chimney, leave the gifts, drink the milk, eat the cookies, and bounce. That's what he does. And he has to do all of it. 9.8 million homes with 3.5 kids. In 31 hours. I'm just getting tired just thinking about this. Assuming that every single house that he's going to visit has a good kid. You know, at least one of them. Because you better not want, you better. You know, we all know. We all got to be good. And I always love that about Santa. Because we should be good all year, every year, regardless of presence. You should just be good for humanity. We've talked about that before. Double down on love and happiness. And you will be a lovey, more lovey, more happy person out there. So with these only 31 hours, he has to make... 822.6 visits per second. Okay, so break this down. This stuff starts getting crazy real fast here. So he has 31 hours to pull this off, and in order to visit those 81.8 million homes, he has to do 822.6 visits, meaning like park it, down the chimney, presents, under the tree, cookies, milk, get out, yeah, take off Rudolph, and bounce to the next house. He has 826, 800, 822.6 visits he has to do every single second. So that means in time, he only has one one thousandth what sorry i got tongue tied one one thousandth of a second at each of these home assuming that we have an equal distribution of each home and if you do the equal distribution out it would roughly work out to about 0.78 miles per individual household so right away you're getting this and i'm not saying this stuff to show you that you know it's it, he's not real because we know santa's real we know santa's a baller we know santa's epic we know the, the everything about him is so cool and now we see that in order to pull this job off which he does because i got presents yesterday under the tree y'all in order for him to do this, he has to have some amazing technology, an amazing understanding of science so that science doesn't kill him because he, he gets pretty dangerous. This is a pretty daunting job pretty quickly. So first off, you think fast, you think intense. Sorry, I bumped my mic there. You think intense there. 
intensely, he has to travel at 650 miles per second. That's roughly 3,000 times the speed of sound. So that's an incredible thing to comprehend. The speed alone is just is just is just daunting. Not to mention, you can't get in order if you have 0.78 miles to cover in one one thousand of a second per home. You would have to be able to accelerate your ship to instantaneous speed. There's only one thing on the planet that we know about right now that actually accelerates instantaneously to the point where it almost doesn't have an acceleration, and that's light. Light reaches top speed instantly. It's it has a constant. I don't even know if it has acceleration. All my physics nerds out there are gonna be like, "Mm, acceleration and velocity. You know, we're talking science. We're just we're just talking Christmas here. So cut me some slack, y'all. Anyways, just kidding. So the payload. Not only does he have to go at this incredible speed, go to the house, do what he has to do, in order to cart around all of these different amounts of, of toys, even just, let's just assume that each kid only gets two pounds of toys, which is a, you know, a joke. There's no way we get two pounds of toys. So somehow he's got to have a technology that allows for even bigger numbers than what I'm about to drop on you here. So if he has two pounds of toys, which is like your average Lego set, that's 320, three, wait, 321,300 tons of toys, let alone the weight of the sled, the reindeer, and the jolly man himself so these reindeer you know the flying reindeer rudolph leading the way on dancer on dancer on prancer and vixen i forgot all the numbers of them and you know eight eight fifteen one of those are ringing a bell the reindeer if let's just say each of these reindeer could pull 10 times the weight of a normal reindeer what a normal reindeer's payload could be he would still need 214,200 of these reindeer that were 10 times stronger than your average reindeer to pull this tons of sleigh and get it to accelerate to these incredible speeds so these reindeer also rudolph gets all the credit because of his you know sweet red nose these reindeer must also be epically strong in themselves and be able to run and accelerate really fast so there's got to be some kind of technology technology involved in the reindeer or an incredible amount of selective breeding and that's what i kind of think maybe took place here let's just think you know science santa's been around for thousands and thousands of years living for an incredibly long period of time in maybe a realm of existence that we can't quite comprehend scientifically maybe he has a fifth dimensional understanding of time whatever he's got a lot of time on his hands and he's probably breeding these reindeer after generation upon generation we don't know this so if he selectively bred and selected for the biggest strongest fastest you know reindeer over an infinite amount of generations there could be a possibility that he would be able to select four reindeer that were incredibly smart and probably he's got all this technique and tech technology he's probably rocking some pretty amazing natural food supplementations maybe even some peds you know performance enhancing drugs good old steroids but i don't judge him because it's for the children it's for the children right so he'd probably be able to create some pretty ba reindeer that could do these things it also turns out that rudolph's bioluminescent nose can emit red light which like it or not it works out is actually the best light for cutting through fog it would be way better than blue light so that seems like somewhat of a little bonus there and it's probably something of some kind of crazy amazing highly heightened reflective paint maybe that only reflects red light coming in from the atmosphere but he does travel at night and day and all different kinds of things so it could also just be some kind of crazy cool nose prosthesis or somehow they have selectively bred or maybe genetically spliced using CRISPR technologies bioluminescence like the dragonfly fish in the deep ocean that can glow red into Rudolph's you know Rudolph's red red nosed reindeer, man. I mean, he's he's that's it's a pretty incredible thing even to think about. So we have these these reindeer that can just carry tons and tons of weight, and they got to be really strong, really fast, probably really hungry, and they can fly. So that's amazing in itself, right? So I kind of want to meet these reindeer. Reindeer kind of most of them just eat grass. These guys would probably I don't know if they could create enough. I don't know if you could consume enough calories to pull that much weight for that long at that speed without being somewhat of a meat eater. But who am I to know? I don't 
fully understand the dynamics of the sports medicine, health and wellness supplementation regimen that would require of a Santa Claus reindeer. So I can't speak on that. So if we total all this up, we total the reindeer and the sled, you know, assuming these reindeer are that many reindeer and or they have at least the muscle mass and weight of the 200,000 reindeer required. This 300, 353,430 tons would have to be moving at 650 miles per second. The first big hurdle, we started getting into some of the hurdles when you look at the science here, would be the air resistance. You'd have a huge, crazy amount of drag on the ship. And also, if you know anything about space travel, when the, when the spaceship comes back down into Earth and hits the atmosphere, it hyper-compresses the air. And that's the gas laws. If you compress air, compress atmosphere, the pressure and heat skyrocket, and it gets incredibly hot. The outside of the ship, very quickly as it comes back in can glow it glows pink hot and it grow it, it's actually hotter than the surface of the sun so if you're tra- and that's not 650,000 that's not 650 miles per second I don't, I don't know the speed at which the the spaceship comes back into space it's fast but it's not that fast faster than the speed of sound because it creates a sonic boom not 3,000 times faster than the speed of sound. So if you're moving at this speed and you instantaneously have to accelerate between each of these things, you're going to create a huge amount of air resistance. And that's incredible to think about because that, that acceleration of that ship would just have to be insane because force equals mass times acceleration, F equals MA. And that's a crazy amount of M, the 353,430 tons. That's a lot of M. And moving at incredible speed, the A, you need that's a huge A required to instantly instantly go from house to house and cover the 0.7 miles, maximizing the much time of that one one thousandth of a second he has at each home, the force would just have to be incredibly intense for him to move this sleigh. But when that happens, as he accelerates, that air would instantaneously compress against the leading edge of the ship and the reindeer. And it would actually very rapidly create upwards of 14.3 quintillion tons of force. An incredible amount of force on the outside of that ship. And the gas laws would cause this to, you know, really Really, really get in gnarly. And if he couldn't have technology that could withstand this very rapidly, almost instantaneously, the entire ship, the sleigh, everything, every time he went from house to house would vaporize in a mere 4.2 thousandths of a second. So obviously he's got to have some kind of technology, maybe some kind of like atmospheric separator that actually allows for the, you know, goes ahead of the ship and breaks the atmosphere aside. So he's in essence moving through a vacuum because then he wouldn't be able to be able to accelerate much faster. It'd be way less air drag. And also then, he would also he would uh, he wouldn't have to he wouldn't get incredibly hot, and now you can look at Santa and the reindeer, and Santa's got to be pretty ripped. Okay, first off, he's doing this incredible job without sleep. You know, eat, eating all this food, going up and down, up and down the chimneys, carrying this huge bag of, of of treats and you know candies and all and and Legos, all the crazy things around him. Even just riding in his sleigh at this sled, if we just assumed Santa's two hundred fifty pounds, which if you you know looked at Kloglov or any of these amazing weightlifters on the planet that can withstand huge forces and move a lot of weight. They don't weigh 250 pounds. They're monsters. So, <clears throat> monsters in a good way. I don't mean like they're monsters. They're just really ripped and huge. So, if let's just say Santa, jolly old Saint Nick, is 250 pounds, he would experience centrifugal forces of 17,500.06 times greater than gravity is on me right now. Huge. 17,500.6 times G. Incredible, incredible weight you would have to withstand. You know, we have a lot of compression, a lot of gravitational forces pulling down on us right now. And we mean by centrifugal forces, the, the, 
the the feeling you feel when your car goes around a corner, you know that, or you have a really fast car and it pulls back. That's the next part. If we go in this, if you have that much force, that much gravity, that much speed acting on this 250 pound Santa Claus, Santa himself would have to withstand four million three hundred and fifteen thousand fifteen pounds of force every time he accelerated. So Santa's got to have some abs of steel, got to have some necks of steel, probably some kind of neck protection, something about that, maybe that. Maybe that hat, you know, is a really good concussion protocol because his head would have to slam back pretty quickly. So Santa's got to be ripped. You know, Santa has to be able to withstand these forces. So I don't know. They, maybe those pictures of Santa being like the jolly old guy that's really big and fat, He I, maybe he's got like a sweet six-pack and some guns of steel, you know what I'm saying? He also, if you're doing that, you're going to burn a lot of calories, but nonetheless, he has no he has no worry of calories, you know what I'm saying? He has a surplus of calories. I think he probably doesn't eat the rest of the year after the night of Christmas because the old traditions, and we know every time Santa comes over, the milk that was down there and the cookies that we put out before bed are gone, y'all. He ate the cookies, drank the milk, and that's a lot. So he's got all these nine, you know, 91 million homes to go to. That's a crap ton of cookies. So first off with the milk, assuming that each of us is give a standard glass of 2% milk, roughly 8 fluid ounces, that means Santa is going to have to drink about 137 million gallons of milk in that night, which is about, over the night, which is about 4 million gallons of milk every single hour. And you've all seen the milk test. You know that the challenge of this, you can't drink a gallon of milk, kids. Don't do it. You'll puke. It won't go well for you. Just your body can't handle that much fluid and I don't really know the full reaction of it. Just don't do it because you're not Santa Claus. Santa can down it. Santa could do the milk challenge in a heartbeat because, again, he's doing a 4 million gallon gallon milk challenge every single hour so he's a baller assuming though there's also the possibility that's not every single family does milk and cookies like america and canada like in the uk uk actually leave out a, a glass of sherry which is you know a little bit of wine so santa would be able to skip about 4.2 million gallons ga- glasses of milk not million yes 2 4.2 million glasses of milk however he'd have to drink 1.3 million bottles of sherry in an hour so you know he's got a stressful job though cut him some slack he's drinking the milk he's hydrating in between but he probably you know t- takes the edge off a little bit lets him lets him mellow out a little bit doesn't worry about I I don't know, whatever. Maybe the reindeer are cranky. I have no idea. Maybe he shares it with the reindeer. They never told us that. Maybe the reindeer drinks some of this milk and eats some of these cookies because they need calories too. You know what I'm saying? They, they're, they're running. They're accelerating this incredible ship at wicked speeds. He's got calories, though, in the form of the cookies. Assuming that each of us in the world leave out two chocolate chip cookies, saying they're just using like a Pillsbury or average Chips Ahoy cookie, that means that, that means that every house, it would stack up really rep- rapidly in calories to 170 calories. I'm sorry. Each cookie has 117, 170 calories, 14 grams of sugar, and 8 grams of fat. So kids in the new year after Christmas is over, you really shouldn't eat cookies that much because they're really not that good for you. But Santa works out a lot. So if you're going to eat, you got to work out like Santa to combat those things in your system to keep you a happy, healthy little child, little human, little adult. You know what I'm saying? So in total total with all these calories and milk that or i'm telling you this is just the this is just the cookies that would be 374 billion calories from cookies totaling 333,000 tons of sugar and 151,000 tons of fat. So Santa can eat, y'all. You know, if you got, like, the, the hot dog eating contest in Nathan's, well, he would just blow this thing out of the water. No one could compete with the eating power of Santa Claus. However, he needs those calories. He's withstanding crazy amounts of force day after day, year after year. He's got to move incredibly quick to maximize that one one-thousandth of a second. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Just to give you an idea of how many calories this thing is, if he could run an eight-minute mile, so, you know, Christmas is over today, Santa's working out right now, burning off these calories, running on average of an eight-minute mile, he would have to run about 109 centuries 
which is about 100, 109,000 years in a row without eating to burn off all of those calories. So that's the dauntingness that Santa has to do, you know, and they're, they're, we don't know this. This is just my speculation. He probably maybe deals with the laws of physics. So there are a lot of different ways he could pull this off. First off, it may just be a pyramid scheme and he may just, inter, you know, com, you know, communicate with our parents quite often and make our parents figure out a way to do all the work for us. And he just takes all the glory and just, you know, runs the credit of Santa. But I don't know. You never know. Or he also maybe may can manipulate time, matter, and space. I always like the idea of that his, his toy sack may just input, like, intake atmospheric compression and things around him, take in, you know, floating, free-floating atmosphere. Maybe he's, like, connected to space and can funnel in nebular gas, which is all the atomic elements required to build most things. And inside his little tiny ship, which or inside his, ba- you know, maybe it's just like a backpack, his big satchel is like an atom recombinator that he just types in really quickly. He can type super fast. He'd have to type, like, you know, millions and millions of worlds a second because he's only got one one thousandth of a second to figure this out. Or maybe it's all programmed and it just, like, shoots it out kind of like Amazon, like it's like a little Amazon bag. And it can recombinate and recombine all these different matters to make up anything because the fundamental world around us, all matter, time, space, stuff, presence, us, it... It's all just atoms. It's all just stuff recombined, recoalesced, recondensed in form of chemistry, which then can interact with physics. Maybe he's got wormholes. Maybe he has the ability to tell to you know bend time and space around. Maybe maybe he just folds the chimney into like a singular point, jumps from one place to the other, and jumps back. You know, maybe it's just this kind of interconnected system of dance. Maybe he's highly, highly organized, massive proprietor, really good user of Google Drive, and he has the ability to hyper organize his calendar, knowing house to house, when to when, can form up. Maybe it's just a long series jumping from wormhole to wormhole. Maybe he's got a TARDIS. Maybe he just doesn't use it throughout. Maybe he has the ability to take three dimensions of time, matter, and space, fold them in on himself, kind of like the end of Interstellar. Spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen Interstellar, make it happen. And he can actually just see time and just jump from time to time to time. And he only uses once, because this is amazing power, right? He's not going to like mess with the stock market or anything like that. He just has the ability to take time and figure out a way to make it like a fifth dimension. And we can then use, you can then interact with it like space, right? Like if you lay it out end to end. We can go up, down, side to side, diagonal. I can go wherever I want. I can go from here to my friend's house, to the dog, to the tree, wherever I want to go right now. But time, I can't do that. Time goes from A to B. Time is continuing onward and upward. It can stretch. It can compress. It can't go back in time. But if he has somehow figured out a way to turn and interact, say, time into a fifth dimension, he'd be able to interact with time and space, slow it down. He'd be able just to jump from house to house to house at any given moment at any given time. So therefore, that moment of when you fall asleep to when you wake up, that perpetual night, would be be forever accessible to him in all time, matter, and space, and he would could take all the time he needs. He could just jump there, do his thing, lay it out, make it look all pretty, and jump back. That's a possibility. There's nothing, there. there is theoretical physics that he could allow that. And remember, we've, we've learned nothing. Santa has quite the R&D team and quite the ability to do this. So there's an amazing things that Santa can do. Santa could go onwards and upwards. And if anything, it's about appreciation. It's about perspective. You got your gifts, you got your love, you got your joy. And that's what Christmas is about. You know, Santa's really a manifestation of this amazingness of humankind. The ability to give and receive presents and share in love and and happiness and sadness even, you know, whatever the holidays make you feel. The broad spectrum of human emotions that pop up during the holidays. And it just, he's just, he he provides happiness. You know, he provides this universal sense that something is awesome out there in the world and something makes us stoked because 
if you're not stoked on Christmas Day, you're not thinking hard enough. You know, I always I always get sad when people always talk about the holidays of like how the holidays doing for you. Oh, can't wait for them to be over. They're gonna be over, and then next year it'll we'll move on to the next one and the next one. Sooner or later, those homies, you're not gonna have a Christmas because time goes on, time goes onwards and upwards. So take the time to reflect on the Christmas. If you didn't feel like you didn't share enough love with someone out there, like I didn't get around to writing my notes for my family always do, I'm just gonna do it today. I'm gonna give it to him tomorrow. Not Christmas Day, but I'm still going to share the love with each other. Because in the end, guys, we're all connected. We're all on this earth. Any theology, any celebration of, of the holidays that you want, I'm a big believer in saying happy holidays, not Merry Christmas, because you don't know what people are when they're around you, but you can say little words that'll permeate. And we've learned this on the show. We've learned that we are this neurological, connected creature that can share their imagination, share their thoughts, their feelings, their ideas, to mix the neurological, neurochemistry of themselves, to make you feel like a happy person, to eat good food, eat good cookies, then go work out and work off those cookies because you should be a happier, healthier person. And cookies are not that good for you. But you know this. We know this. We're all connected. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful year. We're coming up on the one-year mark of me doing this show. I know it's been sporadic. Some of you guys are my devout listeners. I keep hearing some things from you guys that it's just amazing. If you want to give me a present, if this is resonating with you, the greatest thing that you could give me right now from where we're at, if you could reach out for me, reach out to me and tell me what's going on. And how's the show making you feel? What do you like? And don't just like the page, which is great. Like it and then shoot me a little message on Facebook, you know, forward slash beautiful dustbacks or go on Instagram. Instagram at beautiful dustbecks or my favorite is the emails because we can respond rapidly email me at beautiful at gmail.com and just tell me how this show has, has, has made you feel what episodes have you listened to which did you like which did you didn't like what could make it better help me help help us you know help this world help this perpetual machine that is communication and technology that's what I need from you guys if you could rate and review it on iTunes if you could share it with a friend that you think would dig this any of these shows any of these episodes or just the title let them pick themselves that would be amazing to me because I'm in this man this is what I want to do this is where I want to be and I'm going to keep going we're going to triple down on it in the new year I'll have a couple episodes coming up on that kind of stuff soon get more consistent I know I keep talking about this but it's challenging for me and it's very scary and when you guys give me the emails when you say it's affecting your life when you say it's motivating you helping you through x y or z it is the greatest present, the greatest gift that I could ever experience, more so than money, sponsorships, you name it, whatever. This is about communication. It's about life, liberty, the love of happiness, liberty. Sorry, I got political. I don't know why that came out. But <clears throat> do you be us, live life, be awesome, be equal, be kind, be happy, be healthy, be a beautiful dustbag, because after all, that's what you are. You are the most amazing thing nature has ever created. You're going to go into a new year. You just had the holidays. Live life, love life, enjoy it. I love you guys. Peace.